0: Are live. We are, yeah, we're live. We're live. Um, so baha, everybody, welcome back to the channel. Uh, welcome back to actually to another episode of Saturday Morning with Tech. Today is episode 95, and um, we're getting there. We're almost there. I know I keep saying it every week, but obviously, we are getting closer to the 100th episode. Uh, just five weeks to go, so I'm pretty sure you know it's going to be an epic end of the year hitting the 100th episode here on the channel. Uh, but not only that. It is November 6, 2021. We are in November, Techtober is over, but it seems like it's still spilling over into November. So, yeah, there's a lot of things going on. There's still some things coming up in the near future I can't really talk yet about. Um, but I do want to say first and foremost, welcome to the show, welcome back. Thank you very much for checking it out. Thank you for supporting it. Thank you for following it, obviously, and obviously, and being with us here every week and hanging out with us. Um, I already see that uh, Marilyn's in the chat. Hey, Marilyn Sabahar, hope you're doing well. Uh, nice to see you in here as well. Uh, Donald is in there. Hey, man, hope you're doing well. Jimmy Fire Dragon. Hey, TK. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Laverne Clark is in there as well. Jimmy uh, always appreciated. David Chemi Errol Owens is in there. Greg. Good morning, everybody. Hope you guys are having a great start of the weekend. If the week has been rough, I'm hoping you're able to relax a little bit and take some time and be able to kind of recoup, get some of that energy back. I. Um, it's been an interesting week for me unfortunately I wasn't able to post the video that I wanted to post yesterday which is a comparison between the pixel not the pixel um, uh, what's it called uh, <laughs> the um, okay sorry a little bit scatterbrained so, the Sony Xperia uh, 1 Mark III versus the Sony Xperia Pro i. Um, as you guys saw probably already on Instagram, and we talked about it on Thursday, the Xperia Pro, uh, well, the Xperia 1 Mark III uh, is back in the studio. So, yes, I decided to go with this one uh, a little bit, a little bit of a change. And I say this because mostly the Xperia Pro i, my time with it had to end. So, unfortunately, that was a loner. I needed to return it. And, um, it was actually definitely a very pleasant experience to see this, the new direction that Sony had to was going with. Uh, but I I have to say this much: a lot of the things about the Sony uh, the Xperia Pro I were or are heavily inspired by the One Mark III. I'm not talking camera system. Obviously, that's the biggest thing. But I'm talking as far as the, uh, display size, functionality, 4K 120 hertz, uh, a whole bunch of things that are obviously done correctly and obviously you know inspired by it. So I felt like this was going to be kind of like the closest we can get to uh, till we see when the you know Xperia Pro I truly does come out and all of that. So we'll have to see how that kind of goes out. Um, Hellchain is in there. <laughs> hey, man, hope you're doing great. Uh, Baron, um, Russ is in there. Dude, everybody's kicking it with us. Um, so, the, we'll start off, and we are going to talk, obviously, about the S22, the front page tech conversation that everybody's going to be talking about for the next few days. That the S22 Ultra flat out looks like a Note 22 Ultra, like, seriously. Um, I know everybody wants to call it the S22, but this is the Note 22. This is really what Samsung's been trying... Well, okay, so they skipped the Note 21. We knew that, and that was pre- primarily because they felt like it wasn't going to be sold. Although actually, I don't think that that's true. I actually think that Samsung's really trying to shift the approach to the Note. They don't want to have the Note anymore. They realize that the S series is what they start the year with, and they want to finish it with there. What we saw in those leaks are very much, they're leaks, obviously. Uh, The intention here is to basically show us that the S22 Ultra will pretty much look boxy like the Note, will have the curved edges like the Note, We'll have an S Pen inside uh, the phone as well, like the note, and the camera bum is going to be for the most part built into the phone, and we're going to see some bu- buttons on there, so or cameras. So we're, we'll. I want to. I want to show the pictures obviously, and we're going to talk about that uh, real quick. Um, oh, David's asking which watch am I wa- am I wearing right now? So this one is the Tick Watch Three uh, Three Pro Ultra. That's the last one that was released, uh, maybe about a month or so ago by Tick Watch. Uh, It's basically featuring the Wear 4100, not the Plus, but with the co-processor from Mavoy. And um, it's still not running Wear OS 3, though, so we're waiting on that update. Um, I think Samsung right now is the only one that has it, and I think that's primarily for some kind of collaboration since they worked with Google on it. Hopefully, we'll see the Wear 3.0 running on watches very soon. It has been confirmed, though, that it is coming to this watch. So, yeah, the TicWatch. And one of the really nice things about the the reason why you know it's an ultra, if you ever see somebody else wearing it, is you can actually change the color of the ambient display. So, not this one, but um, let me see here this display so you'll notice right now it's blue i can actually change the color to um, actually there's quite a few options you can change for like you know purple yellow green a whole bunch of different things and i think in the earlier generation of tick watches you couldn't change that so that was one of the things to keep in mind but hopefully that makes sense uh is in the chat hey man hope you're doing well uh sorry i'm getting like notifications going out of style here uh yes (laughs) oh my god So um, a few weeks ago, about a month or so ago, I actually made a video specifically talking about that. The fact that we have an S Pen now on almost... Well, okay, let's say that. Not almost everything. So we know that the Note 22... Well, not this one. So the the S21 Ultra has an S Pen option. There's the S Pen Pro that was released at the end of the year. But again, this is more of a carry-on. The Galaxy Z Fold 3 also has an S Pen option. It works on the inside display. And then, obviously, we're now hearing that the S twenty two Ultra is probably going to also have a built in S Pen. So the functionalities of what used to make a note is pretty much gone. There really is nothing left for the note to make, or what the note had to basically stand for. Some articles or some some um, outlets are reporting potentially an SD card coming back, meaning Samsung bringing in a feature that they themselves took away from us. Uh, that could basically make us make some sense I mean the last note does have uh, the note uh, Sorry, not the S 20 the note 20 ultra does have an SD card one of the reasons we went with the note 20 ultra and, and at the time actually I was originally trying to upgrade my wife to the note 20 ultra but that one didn't support enough a storage and B no SD card Samsung was pushing us to go for the ultra so I got that one because of the SD card option so the fact that the matter is if it is coming back I think it's a great thing but why eliminate the Note series for this? Why give every single device, an Ultra or high-end device, a pen input? S series owners, uh, I mean, obviously it's a nice feature, don't get me wrong, I like the fact that it's an option. But why why make the S22 Ultra look like the Note 22 Ultra and still call it an S22 Ultra? It's like a confusing process of just doing for the sake of, you know, you know what I mean? Like they're confusing things together. They're they're trying to combine uh, combine them for for the sake of just combining them. Okay, so Earl, depending on where you're reading it, I was re- I was reading the article over on XDA's website and uh, their article saying there they may potentially be an SD card in there. The fact is because there are leaks, a lot of leaks happen and a lot of I'm going to say this like wishful thinking because none of the pictures that we saw and we're, the ones that I'm talking about. Let me just show you guys what I'm talking about. Um, you may have already seen the article. The article is linked in the description below if you guys want to check that out. Let me say here, share the screen. Okay, so uh, so this is the article straight off of Front Page Tech's website. They're the ones who uh, who, uh, who basically posted it about a day or so. So you'll see right there. First and foremost is the camera bump or the camera setup on the back. Um, it's pretty much what you see on the S twenty well, two. Let me see if I can get. Okay, <laughs> Sony doesn't want it <laughs> doesn't want to focus because it's not a Sony. No, I take that back. It's um, the same. The camera setup that you're looking here is literally identical to what you see on the S22 Ultra, uh, the S21 Ultra. Same, uh, same three sensors that we have, and the same two sensors on the side, on the side and of course the um, the dual tone LED flash. When we scroll down, we see the same, uh, similar punch hole camera in the front. The boxy design is very much a Note design. This is something that Note series have, have carried for quite some time where the S20 series will typically have a little bit more rounded. Um, The device itself doesn't have as many sharp. I'm not going to say sharp, but more of a sharp edge. So you could see right there, this is more rounded on the sides. So you know that that pretty much copies it there. And if we scroll down, we see some of the Samsung applications, the icon. So we know obviously it's a Samsung. The other thing that we'll notice right big there in there is that's the S Pen, the S Pen present inside of the phone. Now, again, if we think about it, this is pretty much what they're doing. They're combining the S21 series camera setup, a camera combination. Uh, so right there, it basically puts it in there. And then of course you could see the bottom speaker, but this is where we're seeing the SIM tray. This is where the ins- assumption is made that maybe potentially we could be having an SD card again. Um, of course, this was not supposed to be leaked. <laughs> that goes without, sh- without saying, um, but they're also talking about similar experiences. Basically 108 megapixel camera, again, 12 uh, megapixel ultra wide, 10 megapixel three-, three times, and 10 megapixel 10 time telephoto. That's the same setup that we've had before. Uh, And of course, they're just linking the rest of the information there, uh, just kind of just, you know, saying, hey, you know, you can use it, share it, share the news. The SD card option, I think, makes sense for me, probably on the higher end model. If they're gonna really bring that back, they're probably gonna entice us to go for the ultra, the the higher end, the more expensive model by putting in the SD card there. I think for a productivity device, SD cards are a must. I don't know why it became a concept for them that the S20 series or the S21 series should not have an SD card. Like, why would that even be a consideration? You're paying so much money for a phone that you actually get less than the cheaper phones, which didn't really make sense for me. But let me, uh, Baron hit it right there on the nail, right there, so the S22 Note. Um, I was actually, yeah, I was toying with the title, like how do I, what title would that phone be? So the Samsung Galaxy S22 Note Ultra 5G, like if we can, you know, make it a long title. Uh, I, I don't know, I'm a little bit conflicted. I don't know what you guys think about this. Um, uh, so uh, Laverne says, I can't give up on the Note 20. Samsung might be having a uh, second thought. They're offering, uh, they're offering a high credit uh, offer for purchasing on the Fold. I don't think there's a, there shouldn't be a, a, a you know, an, uh, you shouldn't be accepting anything lower than a high credit for it, but, the reality of the matter is, you're right, the Note20 and the Note20 Ultra are the last Note titles uh, on a device. If they do follow with this, more than likely we're probably going to be losing the Note series at the end of the year and we're going to just start off the year with the, you know, the S22 Ultra or whatever the S series is that end up having, having a pen. My concern or my question would be at this, at this point is, but why? S series owners never wanted the phone to look like the note note owners like the note because the note looked the way it did I don't know if it makes sense like the way my wife and I kind of go between the devices I typically go for the S series I do use the notes, but I'm not I I don't typically like to have my phone be thicker and wider and boxier just to have a pen That's something that she prefers and that works perfectly for her and when I offer her an S series She wants to have that pen so I get that this makes sense it makes sense from that point of view and what they're probably going to do now is because there is a group, whatever the, the you know, the subset of users on Samsung's side that normally would have picked up the Note series and they ended up basically, you know, they were ghosted by the end of, uh, you know, 2021, there was no Note 21. So what they're doing essentially is they're waiting for that time to be able to upgrade since when the announcement of the, the, the I guess, the Z Fold 3, when they announced that device. All of these anticipated devices, you know, people that wanted to buy it, and now they're going to be coming in with around the time that people anticipate the new series for the S series. Now you're going to have a whole bunch of people that want to get that device. Maybe that's what they're trying to do. Maybe they're trying to just literally build up the hype. Um, We still don't know any details as far as the SoC and what the configuration is going to be. Obviously, there'll be an Exynos device and there'll be a Qualcomm device. Typically, Samsung, that's what their, you know, their division of labor essentially ends up becoming depending on the market that you're in. Um, Qualcomm have not has not officially announced has not made any uh, announcement yet. That's probably going to be in December. You know, typically kind of staying there. Um, and of course, make sure you like it here. You know, follow the channel because I'm going to be trying to give you guys as much coverage on the announcements from Qualcomm when they when they make that announcement. And I'm working on a little bit of a surprise. Hopefully, I'll be able to work that out by the time those uh, by the time Qualcomm is ready to make the announcement. So we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, but I'm with you. Yeah, no, Laverne. I uh, it's it's a it's a very it's going to be, it's going to be a very interesting device. Um, a combination of note and, and S, I mean, don't get me wrong, software wise, you're not really getting a lot of difference. there's typically few additional features released at the end of the year. They'll add a couple of camera tricks or something like that. But for the most part, the S series and the note series over time has been kind of, kind of getting to a point where they're so close to each other. And the pen was the only difference I felt last year, or at least in 2021, and I keep calling it last year because the year is over. I felt like that was the right decision to go with, right? Give us give us a pen that I can use for for my Note 22 uh, 21 Ultra when I want it, but if I don't want it, I don't have to carry the pen and my phone still has the same functionality, the bigger battery. Note series typically have slightly smaller batteries, to, you know, at least within the last few generations, but they're typically boxier because of the S Pen. Right? Do does that make more sense? to allow the Note series, because they want you to carry the pen, to take over the S series. And then what happens at the end of the year? Do we end up just getting the FE series at the end of the year? So the fan edition comes out slightly cheaper a little bit later in the year, making it a little bit more affordable. I mean, that's a good strategy, but we really want to be able to get a value for the purchase. Combining your Note series and your S series together, you're going to alienate some people. Some people that like the way the S series look are not going to appreciate the way the Note looks like or the new S22 Ultra looks like. Uh, so, Russ, no, I'm, I'm with you. If the SD card comes back, that's a big win for me. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, One of the biggest things that I saw over the week, which was really interesting for me, was... Okay, so obviously we know everybody who purchased the MacBook, got the MacBook, and everybody was happy with the MacBook. I don't have anything against the MacBook. I'm a user myself, but I personally didn't feel like I needed to purchase an M-series um, just so that I can dump my i9 processor on my, on, my, uh, on my MacBook. And you can actually kind of see it. It's sitting right there. So, but the biggest thing that I think everybody was appreciative, everybody was like, wow, MacSafe was back. SD card is coming back. I'm like, yeah, but they took them away. It's not like you lost them in a bet. Apple purposely took out the SD card. They wanted you to use a dongle because they wanted you to buy those. And they purposely took away MagSafe because they wanted you to use USB-C and damage cables over time and buy more cables. This is, again, this, it, it is not a surprise when you get a feature back from a company that took it away from you. But you shouldn't treat it like it's the godsend. It's, you you know, this should have been done earlier. It shouldn't have been taken away. Um, So for me, those little things like if an SD card does come back, in theory, technically the Note never lost it, right? Because we never had a Note 22 or Note 21. So since there is no Note without an SD card, if they do come back with that and make it an S22, it ends up becoming really, uh, this is the the sequel to the Note of last year, of 2019, uh, of 2020, as opposed to really being the successor of the S21 Ultra that came out in 2021, because at this point, it doesn't feel that it's a successor. But I'm with you. It's a big deal breaker for me. I mean, while they're at it, why don't we just bring back MST and just call it call it back into the Note uh, the S20 series and give it give it all the features that the Note 20 Ultra had and just change the branding and put the better optics on it. Um, I, I I may sound like I'm joking. Um, it's just that when I woke up on the, to this news this morning, I was a little bit excited. I'm not gonna lie. I'm excited because. The only way I can explain it is this, Samsung has been a brand that I've worked with, and I don't mean worked with as in collaborated, I mean that I've worked on covering their devices for almost as long as I've been on YouTube. I started with an S series uh, device, regardless if I had a like, you know, a Pixel or a Nexus or I've always cycled through, but Samsung's always gone through the studio. It's not something that I haven't covered. And for the longest time, I was a big champion of their message. They always gave us way more than what they offered, asked for. Uh, it was always that type of an experience. They always also f- focused on features that other companies were not giving. They took away the SD card. They brought it back. And if this truly does happen, this would be the second time that they take it away and they bring it back. I, I'm, I'm a little bit anxious, but I'm very excited to see how this thing goes. Um So Frank is saying that the older look looks nice. Uh, Yes, I'm totally with you, but it's a Note look. It's not an S look, right? We know the differences, mostly because this is how Samsung has kind of built it for us. For the longest time, we know boxy equals Note, more rounded equals S series. Uh, The S series owners, obviously, I mean, when you put it in a case, it's not going to be that different. But most cases that are around a device that has sharper edges, as we're looking at these images right now, uh, it's it's gonna be definitely it's something different for us for, to, to be able to look at but I'm I'm very much uh, we'll have to see how that goes uh, uh, the watch co- uh, combined between yeah, <laughs> David yes uh, a little bit yeah between uh, Dragon Ball right there and of course we have Goku kicking it with us here uh, with his <laughs> with his stance right there uh, Jimmy Fire Dragon actually I think he's responding to Wasim uh, did uh, they aren't getting rid of the Note series yet. Um, they're shifting the stuff over from one note, uh, one note like S Pen, et cetera, to the S21 Ultra and the S22 Ultra, S22 Ultra et cetera, um, and there will be a note next year. So that's actually a great answer, uh, Jimmy, but I, this is a question maybe I'll reverse back and see how would that be. What makes the note series unique? Because once we saw this, right, let's say they do want to release a note. What could they do? Everything that the note existed, everything that the note represented to this point has already been covered in this leak. It's gone. The pen, the boxy design, the larger display, the thicker frame, probably, uh, you know, and then of course, potentially coming back with the SD card. All of those things were the ones that were left from last year's ones we saw that the S Pen and, you know, like the S Pen Pro or the uh, other S Pen that came out, the more specific ones for the devices. So at the end of the day, once we look at that, really, what makes the note a note? And if they do release a note, what are they doing? Are they going to do a shift in design? Will the note become something else? And does that make sense? Would you take an existing design that was known for one side of your series, the note, take that over and rebrand that and call that the S series and then come bring something totally new for the note series later? I realize Samsung said, we're not having an S21, a note 21 in this year and we're gonna be coming back next year. I realized that. But I also see, I also want to keep bring that up to you guys is that at the end of the day companies decide they make their decisions on uh, I don't know how to say uh, potential sales and potential marketing uh you know growth S series has been losing sales year over year Note series to start with was already a small seller it was not the most popular the des- uh, style of devices that Samsung sold uh, entirely it's a very much niche Type of an experience because it was not only more expensive but it was also coming much later in the year where people have already kind of made and if they were going to upgrade early in the year they would have already done that so they're combining both of those camps by doing this design if this is true by the way i'm not saying that this is hundred percent leaks are leaks for a reason this could be a prototype an early access piece of hardware that samsung maybe had different versions going out to different people we don't know at the end of the day as being to a leak I'm most likely just reading the tea leaves here just kind of going in with it from there but I'm with you but yeah I would just so seriously like if you if you were in this position and you were working at Samsung how would you envision the note 22 ultra to be what unique features would you like uh, okay So um, if it looks like the note they, they should be putting an SD card support so it should but keep in mind that the note 20 does not have that and then, um, i want to say that they've had note series like a note light i want to say maybe the note 9 or note 10 light i forget the number uh it was a version of the note that was considered to be a light series that also had an SD card but that wasn't during the, that was during the time where we had SD cards for almost everything but last year when they released it only the note 22 uh, sorry the note 20 ultra had um an SD card the note 20 did not so we were already going on the whole, um, you need an ultra premium price point to get an SD card functionality. We saw that coming. Let me see here. Oops, I jumped a whole bunch of comments. Uh, hold on, let me see where we are. Oh, man, this, I mean, seriously, I woke up this morning with this, like, whoa, that was a big thing. Um, okay, so Russ is jumping back with that one and says, "Jimmy, um, you're right. They may uh, <laughs> they may not give. Uh, so they may they may not give, but I have. But I hope that they uh, they do at least 50 watts um, above what. Okay, so at least improve the watt uh, the 50 watt charging as opposed to just keeping it at 45. At least compete with competitors. Um, they took away the 45 watt charging uh, and that was confusing. Some of the other leaks we're looking at obviously is the fact that it will be bringing back 45 watt." Again, this whole take away and bring back concept kind of thing. It feels like a parent dealing with kids. I don't know. I say this because I am a dad and I do take, uh, I do play keep away sometimes. But at the end of the day, those are things that obviously, I mean, these are hopes, right? The 25 watt charging on the S22 Ultra, uh, the S21 Ultra was an absolute uh, disappointment for me when I first picked up the phone. Nothing's wrong with it. I feel like 25 watt is a decent speed, but, um, and I want to talk about the uh, 21 at Let's not go too far. I do want to mention one thing at least right now. Um, in the title of the video, I did want to also talk to you guys about this, the 30 watt charger that we get from uh, from Google, because the Pixel Six Pro fi- uh, charger finally came in. This is the official charger from Google that we're going to talk about, and that one's 30 watts. But the 25 watt charging on the S21 Ultra was definitely a big letdown for me because I came from an S21 an S20 Ultra that was charging at 45 watt. I still use the 45 watt charger, although it only works at 25. So the fact that we can go back, it's the same thing kind of like what we talked about Apple. They took away MagSafe, they took away the SD card, and then they give it back to you, and then becomes like a feature now. So the short answer is, if they do the right thing and they do put the right combination of features, I feel like that would be the right answer. Obviously, depending on the SoC that they're working with, and what version in the world that you're going to be picking it up with. But a 5,000 milliampere battery with a 45-watt charger or 50-watt charging, I think that should be the bare minimum. Uh, Any power user that's paying this much money for a device should expect performance to match the dollar that they are spending. You don't want to spend it on name brands. Name brand can get you to a certain extent that if if you're trying to go for status, but it doesn't really fix or it doesn't do it for us, right, when you're talking about functionality. So that's really where I'm, I'm... what, what gets me excited or what gets me frustrated sometimes is where they start taking functionalities out, right? And in the name of XYZ, like we're not including a charger in the box, but because we want to save the world, but we'll we'll charge you a full charger uh, price and we will ship you that charger in a separate box, in its own separate box because, you know, environment, you know, or the right to repair. Juan Carlos was posting all that on, Insta- uh, on, uh, on Twitter earlier this morning. Absolutely. You can't say that you care about the environment where you don't allow people to have the right to repair, to be able to eliminate waste and having to go back specifically to them to be able to sell their hardware and not allow you to actually be able to upgrade or repair things on your own. This is something, I mean, um, what's it called? The RG Phone 2, the reason that phone is still alive today is because I was able to buy a replacement screen. I was able to replace the screen. Don't get me wrong, I didn't do a great job at it, but the phone still works today because I'm able to fix my phone and I didn't have to go back to Asus and ship my phone and wait for it to come back and all of that. All of those things, I think this is something we should be concerned when we talk about price points, but I'm with you. Uh, let me see here. Dominic Juan, is Apple bringing back the SD car slot? <laughs> so yeah uh there uh we t- we were talking about the um the new macbooks obviously as you remember the new macbooks are offering sd cards in there and um they're also offering macsafe which is again like who would have thunk it 2021 is the year where, where where apple brings back sd cards uh to to their devices matt tyler the man the myth himself with the new logo the new thumbnail ah he's kicking it in with us hmm. oh man I honestly can't believe we're in November. I I am just I feel like October was a blur. With a lot of lot of things going on. <laughs> Look at that low key low key advertising a giveaway. What? A <laughs> uh, yeah, Matt Tyler's doing. A, a, I think it was an Extreme Skins um, uh, uh, giveaway. Unfortunately, no Extreme Skins is not sponsoring this channel. Although if you are watching, definitely give me a buzz. I would love to have you guys as a channel sponsor, Uh, mostly because I'd love to be able to uh, customize some of my good stuff here just to kind of get things, uh, you know, colorful. Seems like Matt's going with all the cool colors lately. Oh my God. Uh, James Fisher, um, iPhones are are to come out while iPhone, like. Okay. Um, So James Fisher actually is actually, I'm not sure if you're asking if the iPhone will ever look or come out with a pen input. I think this is something that a lot of people always like to speculate on it. I think apple pretty much focuses on the pen to work with their ipads because that's the prosumer type of experience i don't think they've actually started to look into either miniaturizing their pens or trying to come up with an s pen functionality it doesn't seem like it's in inside of their um their motto they have a category that supports the pen and they've kept it there for quite some time so we don't i don't really foresee them releasing an iphone with an s pen functionality hopefully that makes sense uh please oh yes Raju's in there. Uh, so so the short answer with the, so he, Raju wants to know a little bit more about the Xperia. So the Xperia pro I unfortunately is gone. I do have a video, it's shot. I just am in the process of editing it and I need to slice in a lot of images. Um, was it Thursday or Friday? I ended up going and I took a lot of images with both the pro I as well as the Xperia 1 uh, Mark III. I wanted to do a comparison between the cameras. There is a very different philosophical approach And and mechanical, obviously, the different different, uh, approaches here between the Pro-i and the Xperia 1 Mark III. So the Pro-i and the 1 Mark III have, the Pro-i has a 16, 24, and fifty millimeter lens. And of course, the 24 is the one-inch sensor, where the 1 Mark III has uh, three 12 megapixel sensors, uh, but one at 16, one at 24, and then one at um, 70 and 105, which technically means... The One Mark III, although doesn't have the full one-inch sensor as the primary shooter, it has four cameras on the back, slightly more versatile, especially with the if you'd like to do more distant uh, distance uh, shooting, and of course they went with seventy and one hundred five as opposed to the fifty millimeter. Now, the One Mark III or the Pro I is definitely going with the trifecta or basically the uh, the trinity of lenses that camera uh, any kind of. Uh, of uh, content creators love to have 16 a 24 and so basically an ultra wide of standard focal length and a telephoto but the 50 mil is really good for that bokeh and the nice fallout basically when you're when you're taking photos of anybody so the concerns there obviously there's a different approach over it i because the pro-i that i had the unit that i had was a pre, pre-production prototype piece of hardware we didn't have all of the hardware functioning the way we wanted so it's not really a true full-on comparison when it comes down to cameras but there's gonna be a lot of footage in there a lot of pictures and a lot of good experiences and comparisons and where you see some of the benefits of having dual f-stop jumping between f2 and f4 on the pro-i that we don't have on the one mark 3 especially for low light this is something that I know I mean Juan's has shown it multiple times low-light performance for Xperia device is not going to perform the best we definitely have an improvement here But I can't speak on how much till we have the final hardware, and hopefully I'll be able to spend some time with that again when Sony releases the Pro-i officially. Uh, Let's jump back here. Dominic can jump. Uh, Okay, hold on. I think Russ said something. Okay, uh, if Apple uh, reinvents the headphone jack on the iPhone, maybe everyone will follow too um you know what actually that would be true Uh, they could invent i actually think apple can and actually will invent uh the the headphone jack at some point um i don't know why we follow apple that much i I realize why apple sets i understand why apple how apple is able to set the trend Hmm. Uh, today i'm very excited I, i honestly there's like a lot of energy in me and i'm trying to keep my keep the the conversations kind of going um I'm. I think if Apple truly wants, loves their, uh, their core users, the people that truly love using Apple devices, are obviously right now embedded in iPhones and embedded in AirPods. Not, not a single person is looking to buy a wired connection. So the fact of Apple bringing it back would be very hard. But if they did. Maybe to support their lossless audio, maybe that would be their solution for true high quality, um, like high quality losses, like actually supporting the, the the audio codec that they actually sell or service. their, you know, their, their service itself, Apple Music supports um, the, the wired headphone jack, I think would be the right solution and something supporting a good uh, DAC that supports it. you know, basically this would be a dream. I would love for that to happen. The chances of something like that happening, unfortunately, would be like close to about five to six percent. And I say that because it would be so against everything they've been doing for the last couple of years, which is essentially taking us away from wired connections. They want everybody to live in the wireless connection area. Um, even their latest uh, AirPods that they released, I feel like I was I felt a little bit mixed emotionally here when they release another pair of AirPods that are open, another pair of AirPods that feel somewhat not necessarily fitting but they're not better than the pros but they're also not necessarily meeting the expectation for people that want better audio especially when you don't have that sound isolation so I feel like the, you know and there's no pass-through mode there's certain things that we're you know missing from those earbuds but the short answer is if they do obviously people will will start seeing more devices supported the headphone jack is not dead um, I have quite a few devices that I've received uh, that has still supporting headphone jacks they're just in the mid-range to low uh, mid-range to budget devices because that's where people they feel like people are no more more likely to not buy a pair of wireless buds for another 50 to 100 or 250 bucks depending if you're on on Apple's side or even on Samsung's side so they're more likely to use a pair a wired pair of headphones and they feel like maybe they don't focus so much on the on the audio the whole conversation of they they needed the space for the battery that was a lie uh, the whole, uh, you know, we that was the oldest piece of tech on the phone and we need to improve it. Again, makes absolutely no sense. iPhones are still as thick as they were before. The body did not get thinner. We did not get paper-thin iPhones because they took out the headphone jack. Um, so the reality of the matter is that was just a spiel. Apple didn't remove it for that. But I understand. Uh, it would be amazing if Apple does bring it back. Uh, let me see here. I think I'm going back here. I think it's better uh okay so jimmy jump it back okay um yes true i can understand your uh your confusion uh we will probably have to wait another one to three years for higher uh higher uh yeah higher voltage uh charging uh like it's uh okay we will probably have another three to seven years it's gonna be interesting um We'll have to see how they they kind of come up with the uh, or official USB-C iPhone. That's going to be also another thing Uh, that's probably going to be happening more so in 2023. I feel like not 2022. More than likely, uh, they'll Apple will drag their feet kind of like Juan has been stated in the past. They'll drag their feet till the end, almost to the last second where they have to comply with the EU. And at that point, they'll convert everybody because they they want people to keep buying their accessories. It's really an accessories game. Um. Think of it this way, okay? If you guys have ever purchased a car or if you've ever um, if you've ever purchased a very big expensive part of your life, whatever it is and whatever you've purchased in your life, something that's expensive, right? Something that you've worked for for a while or you're paying off over time. The biggest thing that most people do, it's not about the price of the thing that you're getting, be it a car, or be it a house. It's about the things around it. When you buy a house, your biggest surprise on top of the fact that, that you're starting to pay higher, obviously your rent goes up because you're paying a mortgage and so on, is that how much money it costs to fix things around the house if you bought a car how much money does it cost to repair the car how much money does it cost to service the car and how much accessories there are around for the car all of these things are the secondary things that i feel like where the real money is um cars do make a lot of money don't get me wrong there's a very high profit margin but the the supply chain of selling a car except for teslas is goes through so many people that there's so many cuts that have to go to people not one company one person gets the chunk of the profit this is the reason why there's so much money there but at the end of the day the dealerships that you're going back to to resurface your car the one that charge you 80 to 100 bucks to change your oil that could cost you literally literally about 30 to 40 bucks that's where your money goes in accessories repairs um this phone two thousand dollars from Samsung. Samsung sells this phone for two thousand dollars but now if you want to repair it it's a discounted price to repair it the first time. The second time, you can go six, five to six hundred bucks, almost one fourth of the price of the phone, just to repair the display. And I've seen horror stories of how Samsung dealt with repairs, especially when it came to um, either disqualifying a repair because it was damaged to something they call it, you know, it wasn't a natural breakage or so on, um, or even supposedly not receiving devices when they've already received the device and the tracking shows it. There's a whole thing, whole bunch of things going on. So keep in mind secondary accessories is where most people live and Apple knows that they got everybody by the accessories and the fact that their cables are not made the best quality and things like that those are things that always kind of bring up a lot of things a lot of different emotions for me uh oh sorry I'm hopefully the the picture is back let me know you guys I I think uh, let me see here yeah, I, Norton deciding to do middle middle of the uh, middle of the stream ads. We'll have to see how that goes. Uh, okay, so I think I've jumped a few minutes. Uh So bearing Baring yes. So this is one of the biggest things that I love about Xperia. The fact of the matter is, is Sony, and at least for the foreseeable future, is banking on the headphone jack. It's banking on a high quality audio jack. It's banking on an audio input jack, so you can have audio input to your videos and production. The Pro I makes so much sense for anybody that wants to create content don't get me wrong the one mark three made perfect sense exact and it still makes perfect sense i'm hoping i i do have the small display the reverse uh well, that little uh, vlogging kit that they announced at the time with the pro i it was released at the same time it's about a two hundred dollar small display that kind of fits on the back of the phone and it gives us a, a view a front face view from the camera sensors in here so you can open up video pro and record and um, you can use a Bluetooth controller or whatever, and then you're able to basically control and see what you're doing in the video. But on top of that, you also have audio input on that thing. That little display has a headphone jack. So not only can I have a headphone jack plugging in audio from that he- little monitor, the other monitor, whoever's working the camera be- or whoever's working behind the camera, they can use that as a monitoring feed. So there's a whole bunch of things that we could do. This is again the flexibility, but Sony's doing it because at the end of the day, they're bringing in alpha. The Alpha camera department is dictating, or, I'm not going to say dictating, but it's more like driving the conversation for the Xperia line of devices within the last three years. Um, I did a little quick reel on Instagram. If you guys haven't had a chance, to check it out. Please make sure to check it out. It's on TK, TKDSL8655. Um, or I'm sure if you guys follow me there, it's right there. And I wanted to show you guys all of the Sony things in this uh, in in my studio. And I think I may have missed a couple, but Ada Ray... Uh, you know, I, I went through all of the experience. Every single one of them had a headphone jack. Like, seriously. It's 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 a, it's an amazing thing. I, I seriously, I'm like, again, one of the reasons why I'm a big fan of what Sony presents is the fact that I feel like they're talking to me. They're talking to what I need out of a smartphone. And that's a big, important part. When you feel like a company is listening to you. Uh, specs and... Uh, uh, which are basically equal to uh, in terms of specs at the, uh, to the part Pro, yeah, so uh, Jimmy, Fire Dragon, with the exception of the way the, uh, the ear tips are done, where they're basically just sitting there, I felt like seriously, I didn't understand the purpose of them, and we still don't have lossless audio support. Like, all of the things we're still talking, we're still missing that, and the year is over when it comes down to their audio department. Again, unless we have, uh, you know, unless the the Maxes end up having a successor out of the blue, we're not going to be able to see something soon. Uh, Okay, Jorge is uh, jumping in, okay, Jorge Toledo is, hey TK, Um, (laughs) uh, new to the channel, welcome man, hope you're doing well, Uh, love the avatar, or love the logo. Um, Thanks for your time and sharing, uh, (laughs) you know, is it possible to talk about the Google Pixel 6 and the Pixel 6 Pro? Absolutely. Uh, If you have a specific question though, it would be a little bit easier for me i uh what i would probably say is right now the six and six pro are in the news for a lot of different reasons depending who you're watching who you're talking to some people like it some people don't personally i love them i love what google's doing and i love the current situation that's going on actually speaking speaking of which uh i should be able to yes i I'm, i'm hoping so juan just posted this morning that the compute uh the geekbench 5 app finally updated their GPU testing for Android 12, so we should be able to basically go through and, and run uh, the GPU test on it. But the biggest thing about the what Pixel is doing this year, at least, is they're focusing on providing us a new experience, focusing on giving us a, a very fully narrated experience from them. And what I mean by that essentially is a uh, a device that runs their SoC, their software, their own version of this, their own skin on top of that software. And of course, uh, focusing on providing us all of the services, all of the AI processing, all of that, on a new SoC with better security. One thing I've seen a lot of people talk about right now is they're comparing Tensor to the A15, they're comparing Tensor to the uh, Qualcomm 888, and of course to the Exynos, sorry. The main thing that I think when we all look at these devices, the fact that a Lamborghini goes 100, you know, they can go 200 miles an hour and, uh, you know, a Ford, you know, Pinto can go 60 miles an hour. Obviously, these numbers are very exaggerated. The Lamborghini can go much, much faster. Um, You know, it's the fact that it doesn't matter if the speed limit is 65, right? Because if you drive that car on the same highway and you're doing the same thing with it, you're not going to be able to get the benefit of it. So what I'm trying to say is this, if an iPhone runs a processor that is really, you know, very powerful, it's one of the best processors on the market. Question for you comes back again very clearly when you're doing all of these comparisons. Will that CPU ever show up on anything but an iPhone? First. Second. Is that iPhone fee being fully utilized for all of the potential power that it has? No. Do you really want to basically start you know comparing processing power over things judge the processor in the environment that it's in that's what i'm trying to shoot for where tensor needs to be measured tensor needs to be hey it did finish um and i'm we scored 75 59 actually very (laughs) considerable let me see how that is of course it doesn't there is no compute competitors because no other device on the market right now is providing that much input into it okay so uh, this is one of the only devices on the market running full version software. And you know what? Now, oh, uh, so one thing I, I did do is um, over the week. Let me see here. Let me delete this. I, I did install uh, Android 12 beta here. So let me see. Do I have Geekbench installed here? I do. I do have Geekbench I have. Okay. Let's run this. Um, we're going to go Vulcan. Let's go. Okay. So anyways, we're running Geekbench here on Android 12, but the long story short um, is it's just, you have to judge the CPU in the ecosystem it's intended to be and how it performs in that ecosystem. Telling me that my other car is faster because it has a better engine at the end of the day, it's not like I can take that engine and put it in here. I understand. Most users don't care if you can do a whole bunch of things faster on other things if Everything has to run within a certain aspect of it. And what I mean by this is they're all opening <laughs> notifications. Um, developers have to support the faster processing. Okay. So faster processor, but the same speed storage. It's, you know, if you guys like upgraded PCs or anything like that in the past, you know that to speed up your PC, to make improvements over your PC over time, it's not just about a better PC. It's also, uh, sorry, a better CPU. It has to be a better motherboard, better memory, better storage, and of course, at the end of the day, obviously the peripherals like you know displays and so on to be able to uh, I guess uh, materialize the speeds that you're uh-huh. talking about. So what I'm trying to say at the end of the day, don't judge CPUs in that matter. I don't think that's a very functional way because again, it's never going to happen to see an A15 or 16 or 17 running on a non- iPhone device, and I don't think Samsung will release or allow Exynos to run on non-Samsung devices. Same thing with Kieran. Same thing with, and I don't think, you know, Google will want Tensor to go somewhere to other devices. It's almost like, you know what I mean? They, they developed it for their own devices for a reason. Um, and if OPPO does end up jumping into the SoC game, it'll be, for the most part, very much a similar experience. Yeah, so this one did not run because I think it needs to be updated. Uh, let's see here. Geekbench 5. <laughs> this is funny. Oh, my God, here. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, it does need the update. So anyways, yeah, let me jump back on the comments. I think I may be a little bit behind... Um, Let me see here. Okay. Uh, Oh, here. So Jorge's jumping back. Hey, TK. Oh, I think that was the same question. Oh, man. Okay. I think I jumped like that. Uh, uh, Okay. Sorry, guys. I'm, I'm jumping back real quick. Oh, dude. El Josa's in there. Hey, man. Hope you're doing well. Thank you very, very much for the super chat. Always, always appreciate it. Um, so question coming in, what is your recommendation for a good Android smartwatch, probably um, around the 2 to 250 Right now, it's very hard to beat anything from TicWatch. Honestly, it, with, with the exception of, I probably will say, if you're focused on specifically be within one ecosystem, um, if you're on Apple, obviously, you're only going to be enjoying the Apple watches since that's going to be the best, but TicWatches work typically on most devices that you have, either being Android or iOS. The battery life is amazing. One of the biggest things that I loved about the TicWatch is the fact that they're versatile. The 2021 series, either be it the TicWatch 3 Pro or the TicWatch E3, which surprisingly, by the way, this year, TicWatch decided to um, uh, use the same processor. So the 4100 is in the E3. They didn't change the approach where they last time they released it, the E3 was much more, it uh, was definitely underpowered for what it needed. It was intended to be more of a budget. So if I was recommending and you needed to stay within a budget, I think the E3 is definitely going to be a good buy, plus the fact that the E3 will also get Android uh, uh, Android Wear 3.0. So you're definitely not missing out on anything. And even though it came out earlier in this year, it's still a champ and it runs great. Battery life is not as good as the TicWatch 3 Pro, which is why I recommend usually going with that. Those typically will literally take you three to four days, and it's the battery consistency that you want. Uh, Strong processor, long battery. The secondary display, very much a unique experience that you get to tick watch. And I feel like they've doubled on this in multiple times and it's getting better. Uh, the Ultra, for the most part, I feel like it's a great upgrade from maybe earlier generations, but I wouldn't necessarily say jump for straight for the Ultra. I would definitely go with maybe an earlier one. It'd probably be a little bit better priced as well. So hopefully that comes out for you, guys. Nice. Oh man, oh yeah, the Sony Xperia. <laughs> Majid is in there. Uh, Xperia, yeah, I mean... I mean, I'm still saying the Xperia Pro, Xperia 1 Mark III are definitely the the Pro-I and the 1 Mark III are the best that Sony has to offer. Uh, 2021 is coming to an end for Sony at this point. We haven't heard the Xperia 5 Mark III. I'm hoping that still comes out. There's a good chance it's going to be coming out maybe earlier next year. Not sure. I can't really speak to that. I haven't heard much. The announcement originally at the beginning of the year was indicative of the fact that it was coming out at the end of this year. So the goal, obviously, is hopefully we'll see that. Uh, But yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um da, da, da. <laughs> uh, okay uh here's a quick question so Russ asking it TK which phone speakers is the best uh is the best other than uh, for gaming phones uh what are your top 3s ooh okay so from gaming phone standpoint i would play, i would say uh, the loudest one honestly uh, is the uh, <laughs> the ROG phone 5 is actually one of the loudest options of course red magic comes very close from a gaming phone standpoint um and of course the The last one is not necessarily a gaming phone, so it's a little bit harder. The S21 Ultra actually has a pretty decent loud speaker. Uh, Xperia smartphones have nice speakers. They're loud, they're not as loud, but I feel like Xperia focuses a little bit more on the audio than uh, uh, basically the decibels. So it's not trying to give you loud for the sake of being loud. Sony gives you two front-facing skippers. So just for reference, the ones I was giving you just a second ago, oh, wow, okay. Okay, so this is an interesting concept. So if we're looking at just GPU performance, Vulcan score on the 888 on the uh Galaxy Z Fold 3. Now keep in mind this is beta, so I can't read it. We have to take this with a grain of salt. Um the Snapdragon 888 ran clocked in at 4944. But of course, 7559 right here on Tensor. So you could definitely see the appro- the approach here when you have multiple GPUs running at the same time. Um, uh, you know, uh the approach here is a little bit different. Again, I wouldn't take this as the final answer but this is more of an indicative of how the numbers are uh, this is running beta software on the z fold 3 and that one's running final software on the android 12 built here on the uh, on there so for sure yeah we'll definitely see uh, but from a gaming standpoint that's i think what those are the speakers are probably will say the best are um keep in mind that the rg phone 5 has a really good dac built into it they also support the headphone jack as well as the um uh they are the red magic 5, uh, red magic 6 and 6s both have headphone jacks uh, although the audio quality is, although good, but not necessarily good as good as the ROG Phone 5. I feel like ROG or Asus focus very much on quality when it comes down to their gaming. So if you're looking for the best experience and obviously the 5S is coming out, yeah, definitely that's 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 where it will be. Uh, ooh, Matt Tyler, the man, the myth himself. Uh, Sony has the opportunity to be the best phone on the market. Apps, obviously, S. Yes. Um, they, have a dedicated, they have a dedicated camera teams, audio teams, and screen TV at the highest quality at this point. Everything they put out is purposely there, intentionally built to the best that they can at the time that they're releasing this phone. I am totally with you. Um, if all of them work together on Xperia, uh, they are untouchable. I think con- the conversions is coming there. I think we're starting to see some more conversions in there with the fact that we're seeing uh, basically differentiations between the different parts of Xperia. So we've started last couple of years or so, as I showed you guys with the reel over on Instagram. So the one and the five are where the start. We started with the five, you know, the 4K display, and then we started with a smaller 1080p display, a little bit more pocketable, easier, um, something to replace the compact series that they were going with. And then we co- we kind of continued on there, and every year over year, it got better. The cameras got better, the body got better, the fingerprint sensor got better. Jumping into this year with 2020 or 2021, we now have four cameras technically running on the back of this device. Uh, An Xperia Pro-i coming in with a full-inch sensor on the back, a trifecta of uh, camera lenses, 16, 24, and 50. There's so much more focus from the Alpha team running in here. The display jumping into 4K 120 is absolutely beautiful. The true description of the best display to this date for 2021 for me, hands down, is this display. Hands down, no other display can gives you the ability of calibrating the, the white balance, having director mode in there, great audio performance, content consumption on a smartphone needs to be done on an Xperia, hands down. So when we're looking at that, they are getting better and they are trying to get better at this. I feel like to a certain point, I wouldn't be surprised and I may be joking about this, but one day Sony is gonna release a phone without a front facing camera. They'll be like, you know what? We have reached uh, ascension, (laughs) our our Xperia's are now part of Alpha, and the phone will be called the Xperia Alpha, where the camera on the front is no longer there, and your phone is practically a camera, like an actual camera, and and I think we're getting there. Uh, The Pro-Eye, for the most part, literally takes us so close to it, like so close, one of the best parts, I appreciate it there. Uh, But yeah, no, dude, I I, I am with you. but I see the thing about it is when you start using a pixel too, is you also start seeing some of the main benefits of what Google's trying to do all the improvements they've done over the years and where we are now with pixel because of everything else that they've done I think a lot of people always look at it and and they're, they're you know I, I um so I was watching all that text uh, show and I I'm with him on the, on the on the on the approach of they don't know where they are and they keep to be they seem to be in a more of an experimental situation LG was in the exact same game. Absolutely. LG's been doing it for quite some time. Every time they release something, it's there. Next time it's not, it changes, it comes back. But when we're looking at what Google's trying to do, specifically when I think he was referencing Project Soli, I was very sad to see when, well, okay, when Soli was first introduced, there was a big shock to the system. They were very much supportive of the fingerprint sensor for quite some time. And then they finally gave us a headphone jack that, oh, sorry, Um, the front facing camera tech to be able to do true security on a device to actually provide us a better security than a fingerprint sensor. So that was the real approach that we saw there. Now we have to keep in mind that in 2020, 2020, the announcement or the device that was released was not necessarily at the same level and that changed. Google is still trying to figure out what they're doing, I think with Tensor and what we have now. I think this is where the conversion is starting to happen. We, are, we may not be there here. We may still see some iterations coming up, but I feel like this is gonna be a very much the mold going forward. And I also wanna see maybe down the road when they start releasing maybe lower powered version of the Tensor processor that may start running some of their lower end. Will they go full-on tensor on everything, or are they still going to be using Qualcomm on some of their mid midrangers and lower uh, entry-level, like the A-series devices? Could that potentially be the series going on? So, you know, when I look at it in that sense, I feel like this is something that it's the story of Google going forward and what it does. And this is why I'm saying judge the device for what it can do. Don't judge it based on what everybody else is doing. Because again, at the end of the day, when you're going into the store, $599 may be the right price for you for a brand new Pixel 6. And I feel like the Pixel 6 Pro is also a great deal, but the 6 is the bang for the buck. You get literally like 90% of the uh, the way there and you're getting brand new processor, long obviously three, three, three Android software update, five years of uh, security patch updates, um, also, keep in mind, development for devices, for, for Pixel devices, are always the some of the best options on the market. You always get updates first, security updates first, your devices are more secure. Those are big things. Security patch updates are very important because when I give a phone to my mom, when I give a phone to my in-laws or somebody in my family, I want to make sure that they're protected. Protected in a manner where I don't have to keep checking the phone every single day. Knowing when your updates are coming in and knowing that they come in literally on the beginning of the month and the first Tuesday of the month is something to be said. And I truly appreciate that. So I, I'm, I'm with you there. But thank you very much, uh, uh, Jose. And there. Always, always appreciate your support there, man. Oh, man, it's, it's an exciting day. It's an exciting day. Uh, oh, Sebastian. Okay, hold on. I think I may have missed a couple of comments, uh, but I do want to jump on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Da, da, da. Did I miss it? Where is it? Um, okay, so Javier. Uh, okay, no, I think that was the answer to Matt Tyler. Okay, Javier is jumping in. Most of my friends uh, either carry a Samsung or an iPhone. Very few carry OnePlus or Pixels. It's a personal choice. No, absolutely. It's something that you're either used to or you're comfortable with. You love the way the camera experiences, the devices. Um, what did I say? When I w- One time I was traveling in the, uh, into Paris and we took a cab out of the airport and we were um <laughs> okay i'm i'm not i'm not going to say what the person said but the short answer is uh outside of the US samsung has a much bigger uh, stance uh basically there's a lot more devices sold that are samsung than our iPhones and that's just the fact because samsung devices especially the a series which is essentially where samsung makes most of their uh, sales but they don't support them the same way which is a weird relationship um most people buy Samsung and we you know somebody was asking him uh, the cap driver is like well, what is that phone And he said it's a Samsung you know and because he doesn't have the eye and he doesn't want to insert the, the 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 name the word that he said but the short answer I'm trying to say is it depends on where you are in the world yes that's going to be dictating what you use Samsung and, and iPhones are have paid enough money into the market to basically become where they are you know when I mean pay money I don't mean like they bought things advertising, brand awareness, publicity, all of those things year over year. You see more commercials for those two companies than any other manufacturer of devices on the market. OnePlus, for the most part, I think I've seen maybe once, I, I, I'm not even 100%. I know in Europe, I've seen more ads for them than I've seen in the US. Um, and, of course, Pixel is starting becoming bigger. This year is literally the the first year we've seen Google be very aggressive on public, uh, basically advertising, uh, putting banners. And everywhere where you go, you saw Pixels on the news everywhere. So I think the story is starting to change. I think we're starting to see more approaches there. Um, and it is available. The Pixel 6 and 6 Pro are available on uh, carriers, OEMs in the store. Uh, not OEMs, carriers. <laughs> Sorry carriers here in the u.s so we're, we'll we definitely want to see how obviously how after the uh after after the holiday season kind of goes through uh, and they're definitely backed up orders right now if you try to pick up a six pro from google's website is in february february of 2022 for a smartphone i mean yeah <laughs> uh but yeah i'm, I'm with you there uh, Jimmy Fire Dragon saying uh, yeah it's like with Tesla's it was very good uh, but, <laughs> but not to be 60 uh, yeah uh, okay uh, but where where are you going to be able to use uh, and take advantage of uh, the speed from 3.2 seconds again very much an exact um, the, the biggest thing about Tesla's and especially like even with things and I'll say this much okay um, from day one to this time for today and I think it's been over maybe over six months or so a little bit over there The number one part of the reason I like the Tesla is because of the tech, but I also like it because that instant acceleration. It's not about trying to go 3.2 seconds or zero to 60. It's about that if I want to move, if I want to move my car and I put my foot on the gas pedal or the electric pedal, I guess, there's no gas, I know the car is going to respond to me right away. It's going to accelerate at the rate that I'm pushing it. Gas engines have that it's innate um, or built-in delay where it has to basically can, uh, build up the actual uh, energy level to be able to exert it so you can actually move the car. Electric doesn't. It just basically spins uh, uh, spins the, uh, I guess I want to say turbine, but essentially the, the, the response time is literally instantaneous. And that's the reason why you buy the car. So this is something that Tesla can provide because it's electric. All other electric cars provide you the similar experience. So when you're buying a car, again, if you're buying it because it does 300 miles an hour, fantastic. Where are you going to do that? If you live in the city, in the same city where everybody else that buys cars that do 60, 100 miles an hour, you're going to be performing at the same level. Because if you try to speed, unless you're on a speedway, it doesn't really matter. It's all about that instant gratification. Uh, there's the status, and of course, there's certain performance, uh, you know, improvements there. But it, I think it's all about how fast the car responds to what you want to do, and how well does it handle. So those are the things that change. But I, I'm totally with you. Yeah, uh, that, let's not compare an engine on a Maserati on an engine on a on a on, a, on an engine for, let's say, uh, like I said, a Pinto. When you're buying a Pinto, you're not considering the uh, the Maserati. It's not even in the same ballpark. So if you're going to buy a Samsung from a smartphone, if you go with the intention of buying a Samsung, the salesperson at the store is not going to sell you an iPhone because it doesn't—it's not part of what you're used to. You're upgrading from a Samsung, you're upgrading from an Android. You're more than likely going to stick to the ecosystem you're comfortable with, even if the A15 is a much better processor. Also, I don't think that people, salespeople on the on the show floor, uh, are able to demonstrate those performance improvements by just showing us two phones sitting there. Uh, most of their information is purely uh, marketing material that they already received. Um, let me see here. <laughs> uh, Mashes, uh, no, no, no new phone. Well, th- there are some new phones that we can talk about, but nothing I can talk about yet. Uh, is rebranded? Is a is a rebranded Exynos uh, through unreleased <laughs> the unreleased one. Uh, Jimmy, we're 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 talking. Yeah, we'll be interested to see. Uh, let me see here. Uh, uh, oh, here. So, um, Sravan is asking. Uh, hey, TK, love appreciate, man. Thank you very much. Do you think that the tensor software optimization is useful to for users uh, than Snapdragon raw power? Uh, what do you prefer at the end of the day, keeping in mind uh, longevity on the device? So, the, the concern that we're looking at uh, what we what we see right now is this: Snapdragon is literally the most powerful processor. There's no I mean, there is a lot of competition in the market, but again, um, I don't think there's this, this is a competition where people are like jumping into it, basically saying, you know, uh, if if I really like Snapdragon, I'll be able to get the Snapdragon on my phone. At the end of the day, the reason where Qualcomm is and what Snapdragon is doing is built on years and years of development, and they keep trying to go higher and faster and better. This is this is their their current motto and what they do. From the sense of what Tensor is providing us right now, on a device run by Google, optimized by Google, and will get better by software optimizations by Google, having Google services run perfectly the way they're supposed to, on a device, speech recognition, being down to the, oh my God, so crisp, uh, clear, specific. Um, and 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 I'll say this, I speak multiple languages and the fact that it understands Arabic and I can dictate Arabic to my phone in such a uh, precise uh, and natural format and I talk very fast I've had so many comments on a lot of my videos in the past where they say TK you just talk way too fast for me this is how I talk this is my normal speech pattern and at the end of the day when I speak normally and a device can keep up with me nine times out of ten I use my pixel because of that I stick to pixel devices because I know the services that I like to use work best Other devices, especially, uh, you know, and I'm not talking Qualcomm specifically because the Qualcomm is the engine in there. But at the end of the day, it's the software that runs on top of this. What we see here essentially is other OEMs trying to use and implement different solutions. So we have Bixby. Again, it's a solution by Samsung for devices because they're trying to compete to a certain aspect with the assistant. But to this day, Bixby doesn't really... um, it doesn't catch up to the same level. The ability of having the same type of conversation or complex conversations with the assistant that you have with Bixby just doesn't make sense. So where we see all of these things optimized on Tensor and Tensor just is going to get better as time goes on with it. And it is already starting off with a very good start. I would probably focus more on a device, specifically if I'm focusing on Google services that runs a Tensor processor. Qualcomm, every year will change, will get better. And we need to see basically how things obviously move on. For the longest time, we've used Qualcomm chipsets on devices. And I'm, I mean, again, Snapdragon, uh, the, this, is, this is the Wear 4100, the Qualcomm chipset. Uh, we, we see Qualcomm in many different things. They're jumping into the mobile always-on-connected PCs, the XCX, uh, XC, XCX the 8CX, sorry, not the S. Um, processors, mobile can always-on-connected uh, processors they're in very different aspects of the world. I mean, they were also going into technology, going into space with NASA. So we we need to also kind of keep in mind, Qualcomm is not just one mobile processor that fits into only smartphones. Qualcomm is very different things for different parts of the world. So yes, if I have to focus on something and I have to basically think for longevity, Tensor right now looks very promising and we need to see how things go in the long run. This is the reason why I feel like jumping the gun to try to make a review on day one with pre-production with early uh, software with devices doesn't make sense whoever did a review on the pixel 6 pro on day one is clickbaiting, literally because they don't have the whole story and if they do have a story it's the story of day one if they don't have the full story of two weeks later a month later um, i'm actually waiting for our first official software update the pixel 6 pro that i received had a security patch update of november 5th yesterday Um, And I was joking. I was talking to one of my buddies and I was like, hey, never had a phone that had a security patch update in the future. First device ever. But that's because we had access to it a little bit early. So I I do want to say that Um, one thing here. Let me jump real quick. Oh, man, I jumped here. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, Dominic dude first and foremost thank you very much for the super chat um i did see it i got caught up a little bit with the with the comments in there but i do want to jump back in here real quick and answer that um so dominic again thank you very much and jumping in says so i saw on amazon uk that the xperia 5 mark 3 will be released on december 13 i finally uh, (laughs) i finally uh fixed that call quality on my rg dude congratulations good i'm happy i'm happy uh Basically, the voiceover LTE setting was hidden in the settings. It's always that where where you get different configurations and different things done, um, specifically when it comes to voiceover LTE. A lot of us rely on technology, especially with connections. And voiceover LTE, surprisingly, is something that um, everybody really needs to have. Uh, Wi-Fi calling, which is the other version of it, which you use for when you're home, kind of like what we have on our devices, also is very hard to get, depending on the device that you're on. But dude, congratulations. I'm glad that it works. And... December 13th wow okay so they're gonna okay so then okay so let me get this right so if, if they're doing it that way in Europe more than likely then this potentially could be the kind of like the way they did it with the Xperia 1 mark 3 if you remember um, the Xperia 1 mark 3 came out in China first in Europe second and the US was last so we got one of the later the units later in the year end of August beginning of September so if it does come out in December 13th, so it'll be basically a co-launch with uh, the Xperia Pro-i, and then I'm happy. At least it makes it in by the end of the year. Um, my question would be, is it, when are they going to start allowing people to pre-order? Because the pricing on that was lower. That's the other thing about it. If you're trying to look for a smart, first, well, the, the if you're trying to get, oh, speaking of which, if you're trying to get the quad camera options on the Xperia 1 Mark III, on a slightly less expensive, smaller bodied version of it, which is the Xperia 5 Mark III, this is definitely going to be the uh, the best time to do it. The Pro-i is in a different class, and I don't think anybody considering the Pro-i will be looking at the 5, and everybody looking at the 5 wouldn't be looking at the Pro-i. But yes, it makes perfect sense. Um, ultimate powerhouse to uh, basically uh, the best portable solution, and basically, uh, not not to say that it's hand-friendly, like, you know, smaller. It's It depends on personal preference, depending what you guys look uh, look for, of course. Oh, Aditya is in there. Hope you're doing well, man. Uh, nice to see you. Sorry, I've been like jumping through comments. Uh, okay. Um, wait, what is the front-facing camera uh, on the Sony? <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's Aditya jumping back into it. Yeah, it's we're still running uh, an older 8 megapixel camera. I think it's intended for for general video cover- for your coverage. If you're doing a video call and so on, I think it definitely meets and exceeds the expectations there. Uh, but they are definitely uh, driving you to go to the back sensors so what i mean by this is one button i can basically open up and we are in the camera and we're using the front-facing camera the right cameras on the front of this device Um, they don't have an app that automatically launches there we have the assistant all the different things i have a whole bunch of comments in here uh notifications coming in on the xperia one mark three uh i it is just something that i feel like i said that the xperia alpha will ditch the front-facing camera we'll have to we'll be there uh, for sure, uh, Daniel's jumping back. Daniel Cook is speaking of the Xperia Pro. I do you think um, uh, the add-on monitor that uh, that's, that mounts on the back of the phone will work with other devices? I think it should. I, I want to say it should. Um, most Xperia devices that I've used to this day all ex- uh, all support external monitor out or um, audio, uh, monitor out. Here's where the kicker is going to come in. I think it's going to be controlled via software, a functional software built in uh, into the system. Meaning, it's the software built in, um, so meaning it, what I'm trying to say is it's probably going to require an update. I think that's the best way to say it. Uh, and I think right now the Xperia Pro-i has that software built in. And um, and I thought it was, so I don't know if it's going to end up working. So full disclosure, I pre-ordered the hardware not knowing if it will and will not work. I pre-ordered purely because I feel like this is something that should work with the One Mark III. It is not advertised for that. It is advertised for the Pro-i. Uh, And I will definitely provide you guys with the feedback once I get it. But uh, for the most part, the way we've seen it in the past, and this is typical to Sony, when we started having the uh, external monitor functionality, so the Xperia 1 Mark II uh, didn't have that function built into it when it was first released. It came out with the Xperia 1... um, No, actually, I want to take that back. The Xperia 1 did not have that feature. Once it was upgraded to Android 11, we were able to actually start using that function, external uh, video in. So you can use an adapter, like a 4K capture adapter, USB to HDMI, and you can actually bring in video. So Sony can bring in some functionalities added in there, and you just need to wait for the software updates to be able to use that display. Does it mean that it won't work right out of the box? More than likely, it will work, but may not work as advertised the way it works on the Xperia 1 Mark III, uh, the Xperia Pro-I. But I'm hoping that it does. Uh, Ta <laughs> bear, bear, uh, bearing of gray matter yes uh, uh, I don't take selfies so it doesn't matter to me I totally am with you uh, I I understand but I do take a lot of selfies um, I don't know why <laughs> uh, So okay, so Brian, um, uh, Brian is actually going in a little bit more about the uh, the Kirin processor, especially the Kirin nine thousand, uh, uses the uh, the Arm Mali G seventy eight the the, uh, the MP two. Okay, um, we have to understand sheer horsepower and processing power makes perfect sense. I uh, again, nothing's wrong with having a super fast processor, but I honestly feel like our hardware requirements are much higher than what we actually need on uh, to use our devices i don't see with the exception of let's say the red magic 6, 6 uh, 6s very few devices or even the rg defo- uh, phone devices uh, or you know even when we were talking about sony uh, with with their devices that are really pushing the limit of the hardware that we're using on a daily basis having a super fast computer and all i'm doing is opening email and reading my twitter feed and posting co- uh, pictures on instagram is not going to be that camera. This is not going to be basically the reason why you buy the super fast car. You want to see how it flexes, how it handles, how it takes pictures, how it processes. So, the processing horsepower that you're talking about definitely needs to demonstrate itself when you're using it to take multiple images, the quality of video. Uh, one thing that I don't understand is why we don't have 8K video processing when we have such pro- strong processors on curing processors. Now, we got 4K60, and don't get me wrong, 4K60 is amazing. I feel like 8K, again, is still a little bit out of reach. I think it makes sense to shoot, especially for scenic shots, but not necessarily to send or share. But at the end of the day, when we start looking at performances and horsepower, a lot of things need to be also, again... If the Kirin is, is so powerful but we can only use it on Huawei devices and we obviously can't no longer use it on on, uh, Qualcomm, uh, it's not, uh, Qualcomm, on Honor devices since now they're using MediaTek and Qualcomm chipsets there. Uh, but we can't use it across the world because of the current situation going on with Google Play services and so on. Is it, as, is it really a competitor though to some of the other options on the market? You have to also kind of see those functionalities. But I, I understand what you mean. Uh, it's a powerful processor. There's no question. And it performs very well. Same thing with the 888. Same thing with the Exynos. Uh, same thing with the Tensor. But it's it's supposed to work great in the ecosystem it was designed for, not in another ecosystem. So comparing it to something else, unless we're talking about again uh, something from six years ago to now, if they're in within the same generational performance, it's literally like you know we're splitting hairs almost to a certain point. Let me see here. Da-da-da. Uh, Russ is jumping back. He said the Pixel Six pricing shocked them. I I was shocked. Every indication, every other leak, every other thing that we were looking at indicated that the Pixel line of devices were going to be plus a thousand plus on the Six Pro, or close to the thousand. And don't get me wrong, eight ninety nine is close to a thousand, but it's a hundred dollars close. It's not a dollar or two. It's not five. It's not fifty. It's a hundred bucks off. Now, depending on the model, you can technically go over a thousand, but I'm talking about entry point. Five ninety nine and eight ninety nine for the Pixel six and six Pro is very much a directed, focus experience that Google shot for. There, they were going for Samsung, they were going for Apple, they were also, for the most part, going in for uh, for OnePlus to a certain extent. OnePlus is the one that kind of went over, right? Uh, the seven, uh, the OnePlus nine and nine Pro are both more expensive than the uh, six and six Pro from uh, from Google. So again, very much a specific strategic uh, price point. Uh, and keep in mind, again, Google makes their money from ads, from services. Hardware is a big part of it, but down the road, when you're focused and you're using it and you're getting such a great experience on Google services on a Tensor processor supported device, um, this is where Google makes most of their money and of course they have the pixel pass that they announced at the same time it's a, like forty two or forty eight dollars a month and you're getting a whole bunch of their services bundled up with a new device that you get to upgrade every two years uh, first obviously for a monthly installment uh, so there's a lot of things to be focused on obviously I, I appreciate where where things are but um, I think Google is very methodical about the pricing and I'm with you I got shocked very very quickly with that one um Brian, yeah, again, the Pixel Six is a steal at six hundred dollars. I already have uh, the Mate Forty Pro Plus with Kirin Nine Thousand uh, and uh, modded it with Android Twelve, and, and I left and it's not, it's not snapped up the Pixel, of course. Absolutely, I uh, the Google Google's approach this year at the end of the year. I feel like it's the story we wanted, and I need to stop saying the the name because it keeps wanting, it keeps. Uh, Yeah, I keep thinking I'm actually calling it out. So, I do want to talk a little bit too about the Pixel 6 Pro since we're actually jumping in and talking a lot of Pixel stuff. Let me see if a couple more comments. Uh, Did he say iPhone or (laughs) iWatch? Neither. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. I was this close of getting the Huawei phone. If the Mate 40 Pro uh, had GMS, probably my first or second choice. I hope to get unbanned and Kirin chipsets uh, get their optimizations on uh, on par with the best. Uh, absolutely, I think I really, really benefited from having Huawei in the uh, in the mix of uh, in the ecosystem. Competition brings the best out of companies, and we as the consumer benefit always works that way and it's not a bad position i'm not trying to put it to sound like you know i want other companies to feel bad because there's better company no competition drives innovation innovation drives better competition and of course at the end of the day when you have competition and it is with multiple players pricing is a little bit more normalized so from a savings point we get better prices features are typically more so than the pricing that you're getting as opposed to the flip side that we're on right now because Samsung is so much up there and Apple is so much up there, uh, that when they start taking things away, we start I mean so Apple takes it out first, Samsung copies and everybody follows. It's not a right approach. It's not the approach that we want. At the end of the day, what Google's doing with Tensor is pushing the technology of what Google services are supposed to look like running on other devices. At the end of the day, what you can do with a Pixel 6 Pro right now or a Pixel 6 by the simplicity of taking footage, video, or, of course, um, still photography, is absolutely great. And I feel like this is the right move for them to go forward with. Um, is it better than some of the other options that we've had before? It depends on what 20 is your favorite. Uh, personally, I'm my last favorite, favorite device from Google on Pixel line was the 4XL. Nothing against the other ones. I love them. I love what they offered and I think they're a great bang for the buck and they're a great device. But when you connect with the device on a specific matter, I feel like the Pixel 4 XL was the large form factor, the refresh rate, the resolution. um, And it just was one of those devices. I just couldn't take my SIM card out. And right now, the Pixel 6 Pro is doing that for me. And this is one of those weird situations where I know it's only been about a couple of weeks, but it is something that definitely drives me to pick up this phone nine times out of ten why I haven't been picking up my S21 Ultra as often since. And literally the only reason holding me back right now from going full-on Pixel 6 Pro is the storage. I can't pick up a a 256 phone without paying over $1,000. And if I want to order it from Google or any other retailer, I have to wait till February. So that's a very big problem in in the world that I'm in and it's a very me problem type of a situation because by February's time frame, there's going to be way more things that I need to also kind of focus on and what to do. I'm I'm anxious to see how that kind of develops the relationship with the Pixel. Next week, my focus will be on the Pixel devices. I want to talk a little bit more about Pixel Six Pro. Uh, I'm hoping everything works out in my timeline, and I am able to drop the video for this, uh, the Xperia Pro I and Xperia One Mark Three uh, comparison tomorrow. So Sunday's it's going to be a nice little surprise for you guys. I have the footage done. It's literally about me spending three to four hours just going through the edits. It takes that much time, especially when you're putting in images and comparing and documenting and all of that good stuff. So I, I'm focusing on that, and, and I'm sure you guys will definitely enjoy seeing that hopefully tomorrow. So if you guys are new to the channel, you haven't watched this before, you haven't joined, make sure you hit that like, subscribe to the channel, make sure you keep it here. And of course, socials uh, TK, well, just look for me, TK Bay. Let the beard guide you on social media. It's very easy to find me. Oh, man. Let me see here. Da, da, da. Uh, Brian Allens, yes, um, it killed me to know uh, there are phones that are better uh, from other manufacturers, but uh, no yeah, no one knows about them. Uh, and I don't know how many people are uh, are still interested in uh, the LG V series, but I didn't even know LG. So it is depending, absolutely, it's, it's who, where you are, what market in the world and how much money the companies are trying to get into that market. But it, at the end of the day, it goes by word of mouth. LG has... has a a big following in different parts of the world. But as a company, LG is more more so known for their TVs and for their electronics, for their washers and dryers, their ovens. I mean, I have an LG oven in here as well, uh, but their mobile devices are actually something that have stood out for the longest time for the hardware that they produced. Software has always been the challenge when it came down to LG, and I think that's one of the reasons why um, when you buy one, you look into it and it, that may leave that weird feeling for you like, okay, I, I don't understand what the software is trying to do. I don't see any updates. And next time you upgrade, you're you're probably going to base your decision based on your experience with your current device. So don't get me wrong. Wherever we are, we, I am 100% sure there are some devices on the market right now in different countries that I'm not even aware they existed. But the fact of the matter is it may be even a popular device uh, depending on the region of the world that it's in. Uh, uh okay so Baron uh Baron of gray matter is so the uh so the the shortage of pixel uh, pro devices for sale is a fault uh, of google the s22 ultra will be out by then uh can't see someone choosing a pixel 6 pro over samsung again that's why they're doing pre-orders so it, this is a weird situation they're not waiting for them to sell they're waiting for them to deliver so the people that are going to be getting them end of january february obviously uh, by that time, you're right. Samsung would have announced that by that point, we we'll probably will have another version of Qualcomm. But again, what I would probably say to you here is this. A person that's picking up a Google or a Pixel smartphone is picking it up based on whatever criteria they fit made sense for them. They put in their money and they put in their pre-order to get there is a slight possibility that Google is maybe able to ramp up production and maybe they'll be able to get things sooner. But there are shortages. There are concerns with hardware availability and, 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 and basically silicon shortages. So it could also be just the fact of a supply chain matter situation and not something that Google could have predicted. I know they wanted to. And it's, we'll say the same thing about Apple. Like, you know, Apple wants to sell everything on the uh, off the shelf. And for the last few years, Google has been challenged with that. They haven't been able to sell everything off the shelf for the, such a long time. And this is finally kind of like that comeback story for them. So we want to see exactly how that goes. So I'm hoping um, we'll see. We'll see. And, but I feel oh, sorry, I take that back. People that love pixels will pick up a pixel regardless of when that's going on. But I feel like you're right. Once we start seeing the competition for next year, that could change the story a little bit and sales could dip a little bit, of course. I I don't I I don't uh, disagree obviously supply and demand and availability and depending what's available at the time obviously will dictate many many things. um uh Brian my 2017 Acura uh, Honda NSX has a hybrid engine system that does 0 to 60 in 2.7 seconds um I got that uh car for 70k and it's a much nicer car than a Tesla W oh my god Brian Allen oh my god okay uh, shots fired of course shots fired uh definitely um uses the same GPU as the Adreno 650 it has the same uh it is just overclocked and <laughs> so it depends on what you're looking for Dominic oh, yeah no for sure oops sorry I think I jumped a whole bunch but I think we're more closer to it uh okay so here tk if the v60 had a 1440 uh uh, like a qhd resolution display with 90 hertz on both displays uh it uh, it, that would be a no uh, no no-brainer i know 1440p and 1080p is not that different uh, but something that i really noticed it's a big difference so the biggest difference obviously when you're looking at devices one of the things that LG did with the LG V60 is they did drop the resolution. The V50 or the, depending where you got it, the V45 or the V50 were running a QHD resolution. It's a higher, higher resolution display, but it wasn't running a higher refresh. LG, for the most part, did not jump into the high refresh rate game. They focused on giving you a very good consistent 60 frames per second across the devices. And this is different even than some other companies at the time of them releasing that phone. For the most part, what you had is a variable refresh rate. So depending on which app you're in, it changes. You jump into the camera app, you could be at thirty frames per second. you could and jump in other apps that are running at sixty frames per second. LG focused on that type of experience, and it, unfortunately, that was kind of like the the tone. It went from the sixty or the v sixty to the wing to the well the v sixty to the velvet to the wing. And they focused more about engineering and multiple display approaches, what devices you can use and have more functional things in them to keep you going and using them better at the end of the day. Um, So, yeah, I'm totally with you. Uh, 1440p, maybe 90 hertz would still be very noticeable. 90 hertz, when you jump from 60, it's a 50% improvement. And I feel like more people will enjoy a 90 hertz refresh rate display, especially from them coming into the higher refresh rate um, game uh then jumping into let's say a 120 because they will they'll notice the difference there and they'll probably save a little bit of money there. Uh Oh my god. Uh okay, so uh first and for I w- I will say good good morning. Thank you very much for hanging out with us at 12:30 in the morning. I hope you had a great Saturday. I'm hoping that this is an end of an epic day for you and hopefully you'll be able to rest and have an amazing day on Sunday. So for sure um, and if, I do want to say this, obviously, for anybody that does celebrate Diwali, I do want to say Happy Diwali. I hope you guys had an amazing time. Um, and it is something, obviously, that a lot of people celebrate around the world. And I, you know, I just want to share that. And I uh, hope you guys are having a great time with that, of course. So, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, but you can cancel a pre-order, Baron. I can totally agree with you on on canceling pre-orders. But again, people that are willing to wait that long, people that put in the order now saying that they want to wait all the way to January are obviously doing it for a specific reason. So keep in mind, there are many, many options. You could have gone with other options, going with carrier versions as opposed to going with unlocked. There are specific people looking specifically for this. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to a certain point if there are some people also trying to get them um, that are maybe not necessarily living in the market that they're in. There are certain areas in, in a lot of my videos um, I get a lot of people asking, it's like, when is this device coming to this market? When is this device coming here? And I think that's, to a certain point, also dictates uh, why some people want to get the unlocked model and why they'd be willing to wait. Again, Pixel have, uh, or Pixel smartphones have, a following for much that goes beyond the markets that where they're available in. So for sure. Ah oh, man. Okay. So let me take a quick sip. <laughs> Oh man, Matt Matt Tyler's bringing down the hammer, man. <laughs> my chat don't forget like Oh my god, you guys are amazing. Um all these phones are bad. The S7 is still better. Neil nailed it right there. Uh, uh Actually, I'll say this. I still have my S7 Plus and um by far the that, that so the, that was the year that Samsung brought back the SD card, right? The S6 series where they stood up and they said we didn't really need it. S7, I was there. I was at MWC. I was sitting in during their their uh, their launch event, uh, and I remember uh, they had everybody sitting in there. They're putting their Gear VR. If you guys remember the Gear VRs, and um, they they brought back the SD card, and then he also brought us water resistance, the IP68 at the time. So there was a lot of things going on. Yes, the S7 is. Very much a, um, a great representation. Uh, the S7 Plus had the higher resolution display, stereo speakers, headphone jack, SD card, a whole bunch of things going on. And it's actually a pretty decent camera system, honestly. I mean, if it wasn't for software support, I feel like it still would be one of the best devices options on the market right now. For sure. Oh my God. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Uh, I think I've hit the bottom part of the chat right now, so I'll give it a few seconds <laughs> on this. And so I do want to talk a little bit. You probably already saw, there's a couple of articles being posted. I think um, Android Authority or something like that were starting to talk about it. Uh, at the time of launch, Google announced both the Pixel 6 and 6 Pro will be supporting 30-watt of charging. So they specifically uh, posted, uh, or at least launched the Pixel 6, and this is not new. Oh, so here it is. So the Pixel 6 and 6 Pro will be supporting a 30-watt charger, which they sold. Uh, now, unfortunately, the 30-watt charger wasn't shipping at the same time as most devices, and those took some time, and I think most of the people that ordered them started to get them. So I got my device and I started to use it Uh, to that point or up to that point. I was using a 45 watt gang charger uh, and this is basically a PD charger from uh, Spigen. They sent it to me. This was part of another thing that I was going and I'm having a little bit. of. So I don't know if it's a software thing. I I really don't know. But it seems like the 30 watt charger that that, uh, that, um, Google is selling doesn't charge actually at the fastest rate as the device can actually support. Um, And what I mean by this, uh, let me see if I can share with you guys real quick. So I I had a few screenshots taken here, uh, you know, actually, before we go too far. Yeah, we do need that. So let's do this. I want to turn this guy up for you guys, bring you in. I love it. Voila. And we're going to switch over to the top view. Let's do screenshots. OK, so um, here, this was the fastest charging I was able to run on this. I did run this yesterday. Uh, I was able to get at most about 3300 mA and this was running the 30 watt charger that was sold by Google. So this is the one I got from them. But then when I'm able to run it with, let's say, with the speed gun and the 45 watt, I can definitely go faster. It does go faster as far as charging either way, though, both charging speeds are not necessarily as fast as some of the other technologies we've seen on the market. Uh, what I want, what I'm trying to say essentially is I think it may be a software issue. I don't know if there are certain things within that charger maybe that is not capable. Um, I am in the process though, before you know, making this into a fully final thing, I'm draining the battery. I'm letting my uh, my Pixel 6 Pro go down all the way down to 1%. Since I've already done my full charge test on the Spigen, I'm going to run another one with the Pixel 6 charger, the 30 watt charger that they, uh, they sold. And I'm going to share with you guys, I'll do a quick video, maybe a, a short uh, talking about the the numbers but it seems that way that it, the numbers at least at this point seem like that the charger the 30 watt charger does not is not going to be the best charger for the Pixel 6 or 6 Pro at least not yet. I don't know if it's a software concern I don't know if it's a hardware limitation but it seems like the Spigen one can charge it faster but it still takes literally a pretty a long time to charge the phone regardless of what, what's going on. Uh, we're not getting Well, I'll say this. My S21 Ultra charges at the 25 watt charging from zero to 100% in a faster time. And I don't know why. It could be the the battery optimizations and the the functions that we have added in the battery settings that I think we need to kind of uh, play around with. Google's focusing very heavily on battery life and, of course, battery health because they want the phone to last you for five years that I feel like there are certain things maybe going on in the background. So you may see some articles talking about that. Uh, I am trying to get my hands wrapped around exactly what this is going to be, uh, but the answer right now, at least in the initial numbers that I'm looking at, it does not charge as fast as, let's say, a forty-watt, a forty-five-watt PD charger. So if you have one right now and you picked up one, uh, like a device directly from uh, either Google or whichever, I think I know Matt Tyler picked up uh, his. Uh, I'd recommend you just using a PD charger from them. Okay. anything that's forty, anything that's forty-five watts should be more than enough. Um. Uh, also charges my Pixel Six Pro faster than the thirty watt uh, one I got from Google. Y- yes, no, absolutely. So Matt, Matt's in the same boat and on that one. Um, I'm not sure, but I only thing the only thing I can think of is something that is very similar on Sony when we talk about battery life. Sony focuses on battery life and battery performance. So their thirty watt charger, although it's faster than the original one that we used to get, the eighteen watt chargers that we used to get with the Xperia One Mark II and the Xperia Five Mark II, still focuses on trying to get you to have the full battery when you need it as opposed to just getting you that single boost of a push of jump, going from you know zero to 50 in 30 minutes or so at the end of the day one thing I would probably say is this my battery life on the Pixel 6 Pro has been great I know it sounds like it's a weird conversation when it comes down to other people but I will need to say one thing to kind of caveat most of that conversation people's battery life changes based on who they are and what they're doing one person's battery experience, or a group of people's battery experience, could be very different than others. Software performance keeps getting better on Pixel smartphones and it will get optimized. We have a 5000 milliampere battery. If you are on a good solid connection for the internet, I'm talking about either Wi-Fi or even 5G or even 4G LTE, that makes a very big difference on how your performance of the smartphone goes because it's not spending that much energy to catch a signal not as much energy to try to go find it and keep you connected so just think of those aspects or parts of the conversation when you're thinking of a battery life but at least with charging with google smartphones if you have an alarm set let's say you have a 6 a.m alarm that you're going to be waking up to or 4 30 or 5 o'clock and you put your phone on the charger the night before and it's running low guess what Google's intentionally lower charging your phone, giving a much slower charge point to allow you to have a better, longer battery life so that it charges at 100% by the time that alarm hits the time that you're supposed to wake up. So when you wake up and you need to get the phone off the charger, disconnect it, and then you're looking at it, it'll be 100%. Think of it in that aspect and for the most part, I think anybody that picks up a Pixel 6 Pro should be able to last the whole day. There is no reason for it to die in the middle of the day. If you're gonna be shooting a very heavy, uh photos images and a lot of things where it requires to fully run the uh, the, the CPU on the, on the, obviously higher performance uh the brightness on the display will be much higher i recommend bringing in a power pack because any phone you use for that much time and i'm talking about 3 to 4 hours worth of shooting you're going to see battery that uh, the, the the battery will drop faster it's just expected uh but on average i'm getting about 7 7 hours or so worth of screen on time on mine and i feel like that that's pretty good Uh, even with a 5000 milliampere battery i feel like that's pretty good on a smartphone so hopefully that makes sense for you guys uh uh, what's the charging time for the pixel six for me it was almost an hour and 46 minutes with the uh and this was with the spigen it wasn't actually with the 30 watt i'm expecting that one to be different but i want to make sure again the the um i haven't done a full charge test right now i think i'm still on I'm still down to 19%, so I'm not even down to 0% yet, Uh, so I want to have it go down to about 1%, I don't like to kill the battery all the way, and at that one I want to see basically how long does it take to charge up to 100% using the 30 watt. Don't get me wrong, I still think this one charges faster and I have proof that it does charge faster, at least the device able to accept the capacity uh, much better. But what I'm worried about is why is the 30 watt charger from, from Google not performing as the best that this device can accept. You know what I mean it's almost like uh, it performs better than 30 watts but it doesn't want to do 30 watts like I don't know why but we'll have to see how that goes Um, Adithia says I still use my 18 watt charger uh, more than enough for me yeah no don't get me wrong Uh, most people that picked up pixel sixes did not get a charger with it so you have to either purchase it on, on purpose or use something from like Anchor Spigen or some of the other options on the market and keep in mind some of the best chargers on the market, uh, anchor battery packs, and so on, are all great options. And I feel like that's probably where people are trying, or companies are trying to focus more on. Uh, this just for me, I was surprised. That was mostly what I was surprised. Uh, there's still also the Pixel Stand that's supposed to come out sometime in the near future. Um. So Neil says I have one for work and another one for uh, from home, uh, and, and which is fi- okay. Yeah, which fits in the pocket. I don't know makes perfect sense there. Uh, okay. So Brian. But, uh, okay, so before XDA and flashing ROMs, I was a bit upset uh, about the LG V20 and the V40. The V20 uh, was my first uh, with Android 7.0, but uh, but the phone didn't uh, didn't la- okay didn't last with with eight. Oh, uh, with Android eight, uh, the fully unlocked uh, LG V40 twenty four uh, the the one that supports the twenty four bands uh, never got Android ten, so I'm mo- uh, so I ended up modding it. Uh, one of the main reasons I got into modding and even working with uh, you know when I started on XDAs and so on. Uh, was because of the whole situation is I I was um, frustrated with the way they approached the software release at the time. And I'm talking about the fact this was around Windows Mobile. This is pre-Android, pre, pre-Android existence. We even, you know, when Windows Mobile was the the reigning version of software running on smartphones at the time, it was that Symbian and, and basically BlackBerry. Um, that was the biggest thing uh windows uh, windows mobile i think once i say five was released on my mda and i could not do anything with it there was no software update microsoft was not pushing out any uh, any updates that they, they didn't have that wasn't part of those conversations but they were releasing new devices with versions like windows 6 uh you know windows uh, 5.1 and windows uh, 6.0 uh windows mobile 6.0 so at the time that was the biggest drive for me and XDA provided me that solution. As time went on with Android and so on, that became even a bigger part of my life. And obviously, you guys have seen, and I'm sure, you guys have already looked at some of my or you know content that I pushed out in the past. Long story short, at the end of the day, that's the beauty of where Android comes in and why I love Android. It's the possibilities, the function things, functional things, and the things that we can do to improve our experience if we hit a roadblock where, let's say, support is not there anymore. So, yes, LG had the biggest thing, but I think also LG at some point started locking their devices even harder. Samsung tried to do the exact same situation. Um, You know, Tensor has their own limitations or concerns, but at the end of the day, the development community will always support you based on what you need and what everybody wants to do, is prolong the life of a device and getting us some of those features that we typically sometimes don't have. I'm with you. Oops, I just jumped like 6,000 comment. Uh... Should do a T-shirt. Been flashing ROMs since Windows Mobile 20. Mm. Devin, that's not a bad idea. Uh, sorry, been busy flashing ROMs. Next. That that should be the shirt. Actually, I should write that down. Oh, my God. Okay. I like yours. Uh, hold on. I got to flash it on the screen just to kind of keep it so I can catch it a little bit later on. What time is it? One uh, thirty-eight. Okay. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. And then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Been busy B- flashing ROMs. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I won't get into any any any, uh, any PR meeting. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it, it is fun though. it really is fun to be able to try different things on devices. Like uh, I was talking to Juan and he was like, why did you install uh, the beta, the 1 UI 4.0 beta on your uh, on the Z-fold? Honestly, because I wanted to see how it is and how bad it is and what the problems are. I mean, it, it will get updated to the full version when it's available. And I feel like it's a little bit easier for me than having to unlock the bootloader and lose functions of all my cameras on the Z Fold. Uh, this way, at least I get to try the, the the software in a more structured manner, at least approved. But uh, yeah, typically I would have done it just flash it, didn't care, and then try out the software and then just go back to stock and lock the bootloader if I really need to. <laughs> You got it. T- you got it, TK. Yes. Oh, dude, Greg, Greg definitely jump on, on board with me on that one. Of course. Oh, man. Um. OK, so we are hitting that magic time of the uh, of the show where it kind of gets into the thing. If you guys are new to the show, haven't seen this before. Uh, it's called TKception. And we do this little bit in the show that allows us to actually showcase some of the uh, contributors in the show. And you'll probably start seeing some hashtags in the comments uh, talking about TKception. This is very much part of what that is. Um, I want to say this much. And why that's going on? I'm gonna actually kind of cover a little bit more things going on uh, here. Uh, one of the one UI features uh, on that one UI is limiting the charging to 85. <laughs> percent remember when that feature was added with the Note 7 or not the seven, the Note 7 FE? Yeah, they limited the battery to that level because they didn't want the battery to have any problems. Um, what about the uh, what about the Samsung Note 21? Okay, uh, hey man, um. <laughs> I appreciate uh Rathors, appreciate it, man. Uh is the God. appreciate it, man. Uh appreciate so t- let's let's kind of cover some of the things going on. We know that the Note 21 did not ex- will not exist, so there's not going to be a conversation. The leaks that we saw on front page tech are leaks. We need to treat them as such and not take them as any kind of full-on coverage. Uh, The fact of the matter is, yes, Samsung gets leaked through every single channel. And I think it's controlled. I really feel like to a certain extent, all of this is a PR market. If it happens so often and they're so bad at monitoring and keeping tabs on their devices year over year that it kind of becomes like a really kind of thing. I do have to say I appreciate what Google does at some point when they realize things are going to basically just leak. Anyways, they just leak it themselves. And that's just the right way to do it. Um, although I will say this much, I still appreciate the anticipation. Google did a great job this year by releasing the phone, giving us all the information saying, okay, this is exactly how our phone looks like. But they made everybody wait a week or so to be able to put out their reviews because that's truly how things were. You want to build the anticipation and you wanted to find out how things were on this device. The S22, or what what, what the leaks were showing us with the S22 Ultra is for the most part, this looks like a Note that basically is rebranded to be an S series. It's the same same size, shape, um, same aesthetics, everything looking at it, if you had a Note20 Ultra, which I still have mine, that's the one I use for the thumbnail. Uh, It's just, it's my wife's phone. it literally looks the exact same configuration same port placement difference is that the cameras on the S20 uh, on the S22 Ultra that we saw were literally looking at the exact same configuration as the s S uh, S21 Ultra that we have so with the same uh, three big camera sensors on the left the 108 the all of those pretty much the same if they bring back the SD card and i'm saying that because technically the S series lost the SD card and with this note rebranding into an S series uh, and giving us an SD card i think samsung may be actually working on a better way to wing back some of the people that they've lost because there's no note 21 and all of the people that normally would have picked up the note 21 the niche market of of note owners all are waiting to january february and they announce the new s series and then they kick you with an s series with a note hybrid I feel like this is where Samsung's trying to boost up their performance and trying to bring back their sales. Again, combining the two markets. And if, if Jimmy Fire Dragon is on point and they do release a Note later on, we'll have to see how that kind of goes. I would love to see how things go with that direction. My concern and my worry at this point is this. I feel like the Note series is done. It's dead as it is. I don't think no I don't think Google uh, sorry I don't think Samsung's going to come back at the end of the year with a new note. I feel like this is probably where it's going to be for the S20 FE's. Samsung has spread themselves too thin across different sections. They have the Note series, they have the A series, they have the uh, these uh, the Z series technically for the flips, and they're not getting the sales that they're used to be enjoying all the time. So they're trying to combine markets. The S Pen Pro works on everything that they release. And at the end of the day, you don't really need a Note. Now we actually have an even further information, potential information, that this could potentially basically be where the note become the S22 Ultra. And at that point, what's the point of the note? I don't think I'm gonna be having a big problem with it as much as I'm making it sound right now, but at least within the first waking up this morning and seeing everything posted about it like this, it, w- it took me back a little bit and it made me a little bit concerned. So, um, <laughs> um, Shark, fin- Shark FinTech, man, hey, hope you guys are doing good. Uh, the Note20 Ultra 5G is a great phone, hands down, absolutely. Um, to this day still performs like a champ, works everything. I mean, it's only a year or s- I take that back. It's barely a year old. The phone should not miss a beat, but it still features all of the, all of the functions that we loved. An SD card, MSD support, an S Pen. Um, it didn't have the 45-watt charging. and had a 25-watt charging and a 4,500 milliampere battery. But it felt like it was still consistent with what the Note series was going through. So they skipped the Note 21. They give it to us and an S22 Ultra. That's a smart move. It's a great move for them to do it. Don't get me wrong. They're combining their S and Note series together because their S series is suffering. It, they're not bringing a lot of people from the Note series because I don't feel like they sold... Even though the Note series... Um, are technically supposed to be slightly better than the S series because they come later in the year. It's still a much smaller group of people that bought node devices. They're typically more expensive and again, very niche. But combining the two should be able to provide them a boost into their S series, which is I think what they're trying to do by eliminating the things. So we'll we'll have to see how that goes. Okay, so now that we have it here, let me go ahead and bring up a couple of our comments real quick. I think I I should have seen quite a few of them here. Ba, ba, ba. Uh, Let me see here. Why do I feel like I missed a whole bunch? Okay, here it is. Okay. And let me see. Okay. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and share the screen. And again, this is a way for us to kind of... um, It's a visual effect. The best way to say it is like this uh so with that being said again thank you very much for everybody for hanging out with us uh, greg as always big champ i hope you feel better man um again take care of yourself take some pain meds if if it's not feeling better yet uh and please be careful that's the best way to get, kind of go with that uh matt tyler the man the king the myth himself uh definitely going for the dark sith uh look for some reason like i don't know dark dark city as I will say this, I can see what he's doing right now. He's gunning for the beard, but Matt, we're going to need you to color. We need you to put in a couple of white stripes, and then we can have him, you know, the brother from across the pond kind of thing. We'll have a nice show together, you and me. Uh, But yeah, Call of Duty, man, we need to get some hours in there. I know Vanguard got released. I I ended up skipping that one, at least for now. Uh, I'm focusing more, uh, trying to just finish the battle pass. Uh, of course, Dominic Juan, thank you very, very much. TKception, TK Google Bay, TK Pixel Bay, Sony Bay, Super Saiyan, of course, Goku, always, always with us. And of course, Tesla's. Um, something to have to say, if you've ever tried, if you've ever test drove a Tesla, you truly understand what it offers. Um, it's a very different way of driving a car. It's a very different car to start with, but it truly feels like you're driving something from the future. When you've, when you've driven as many cars as I've driven in my life, when I got into a Tesla, I felt like this is the thing I've been waiting for. And that's one of the reasons why I like the cars. Uh, And of course, uh, Jimmy Fire Dragon covering us with everything with TKception Pixels. TK Pixel, uh, stay hydrated. Thank you very much. I know it was a, it's definitely a very engaging, hmm, an amazing show. We have so many people hanging out with us today. And I always appreciate all the love, all the support that you guys are doing, um, there is going to be an audio version of this podcast if you guys want to check it out, as well as obviously connect with me on social medias and, and make sure you subscribe so you can make sure, to get that notification. Uh, so Xperia pro I versus Xperia 1 Mark III is going to be coming out tomorrow. Pixel 6 reviews and uh, basically discussions are going to be focused on. And of course, some other little pieces of tech that I have a little bit. I may mean, have a... There may be something new coming up that I can't share with you guys yet next week. So I'll say that much. Uh, so for sure, definitely very, very much. Uh, and of course, uh, Todd, uh, Todd um, Grudzinski. Hopefully, I'm saying that correctly. TKception, love the videos, man. They're uh, they're so in depth, especially when it's uh, the first time person getting into a smartphone and stuff. Keeping up, I always try to do that. At the end of the day, what my goal is to give you, because you're gonna find videos that look pretty and cinematic, and there are so many of those. But when you're buying a phone, when I'm buying a phone or buying a TV. I actually want to see all of those details before I buy it. I don't want to be surprised when I get the phone. You know what I mean? Like this is the type of experience a lot of us will find because you buy into the, I'm not going to say the hype, but like the commercial version of it, right? It looks pretty. They cover general things, which I don't mind. I mean, I feel like they focus on the more important pieces. But at the end of the day, when you live in with something, this is the stuff that you check in. So my goal is to provide that experience. So for sure. Thank you, man. Uh man everybody hanging out with us of course Matt Tyler the man to miss himself thank you very much man Davin Davis kicking it with us of course uh, and of course everybody hanging out with us uh, on this Saturday again, November we are in November if you are living in the U.S., I will say this, tomorrow is going to be where time changes for that, so it's going to fall back. We're going to gain an extra hour of sleep. I'll see how I handle that one. I typically don't do well with extra hours of sleep, but I'll see how that goes. Aditya Anil, the Mr. Cumberbatch of our show, and um TKception tk TK-R-Bay, TK-Super Saiyan Bay, of course. TK, uh, excited to, uh, for the revival of the Samsung Galaxy Nope. <laughs> i oh, love that t-shirt the color combination is awesome thank you very very much oh my god aditya kicking it out of the park man dude you are such a guy thank you very very much um so let's go ahead and stop the share screen real quick here and i'll bring it back to my main screen here so we can keep keep talking a little bit more um uh evening oh uh peter tech man welcome back welcome Rakami TV, wish the same to you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. Guys, um, Rakami TV, big, big fan of their show. Massive Qatari uh, channel. Um, it, based in Qatar, Mr. Q, the main man on the show. You uh, you will know if you ever follow them. Uh, big fan of their show. Always love having them on the show with us. Uh, and big, big supporters. Uh, this I'll say this. Mr. Q from Rakami TV is the reason why I have an Arabic channel. The only he walked up to me at Google I/O and he looked at me straight and he said, "Tarek, you speak Arabic. Why don't you have an Arabic channel?" And I looked at him and I had that weird flummoxed look on my face. It's like no idea I I don't know why I never thought of it and seriously the that same day it was the around the pixel 3a launch I started the Arabic channel I posted my hands-on on on the first time on the Arabic channel pixel 3a so absolutely thank you very much and thank you very much for the support Uh, everybody else hanging out with us Jeff Hamilton in there as well Um, anyone anyone in the chat with the pixel 6 pro not from the uh, not not, that didn't come from an iPhone 12 Pro Max or S21 Ultra uh, that has no regrets uh leave leave the phone okay if anybody has any comments on that that I think would be great if so for somebody that picked up the well somebody that picked up the pixel six pro but didn't come that's a good point that didn't come from an s twenty from a flagship Samsung or a flagship iPhone definitely very much you know guilty in that department uh, please make sure to check that out and uh always make sure to make sure that like give us that kind of experience what's going on there I feel like one of the biggest things that you have to keep in mind not everybody goes from flagship to flagship the 6 Pro is priced at a flagship experience but it starts at $8.99 which I feel like it's the great way to look at it the 6 even started at lower price so $5.99 is even better look at it from that aspect and what do you guys think And if you have please make sure to answer uh, Jeff Hamilton just posted that question a little bit earlier in the comment uh, love, oh man, appreciate everybody and happy Diwali to everybody that celebrates it I hope you guys had a great time uh, and I'm hoping that you guys have a great rest of the week of course as well uh, <laughs> TK, when I stream the new map event uh, in December I, w- uh, I want you to, uh, with me on the stream, hands down, we will set that up, absolutely, I can't wait um, I'm almost done with my uh, uh, basically the season pass, I'm like on level 99 I just want to get it cro- crossed over, go over and then just get it done Uh, But with that being said, I'll say this. Tech is supposed to make our life better. Tech is supposed to make our life better in a way where you're able to basically feel like it's not there anymore. I don't know how to explain it, but better. It's when it becomes an extension of you, that's the best experience that you want to be able to to get out of a smartphone. So when we're talking about the Pixel 6 Pro or an S21 or an S22 Ultra or whatever phone we're looking into, it needs to get to the point where it makes perfect sense. I'll say this, when I was doing my comparison between the pixels, uh, the uh, Xperia Pro-i and the One Mark III, the first thing and the one big thing that always, always ends up happening to me is I never thought about it. I just pick up the phone and I take a camera and I turn on my Camera Pro app and I jump in and I start doing my photography. There's an instinctive function that Sony knows how to make camera uh, people that use cameras or DSLRs feel comfortable. That's what works for them. Google is building a device that gives you the comfort zone of what you normally expect from what Google services are supposed to be on a, on a phone that they created, they can manage, they, they can update and they can make better. So judge the device but what it does and I hope you can find a device that feels like it's an extension of you so that you can get that experience and it becomes that natural connection between you and tech. It's not supposed to be complicated, it's not supposed to be uh, you know a rocket science. It literally is supposed to be natural where I get a notification, click it, goes away, and I don't have to think about it. So have a great weekend. I'm sorry. Have a great weekend. I don't know why I skipped the in at the end. Um, be good. Try to connect with somebody you haven't connected with for some time. And of course, I'm sure everybody that hears from you will definitely be very happy. Um, uh, I'll see you guys next week for another episode of Saturday morning, uh, obviously Saturday morning with tech. Uh, and of course, keep an eye out for the best of our week. There's gonna be a little bit of a time change there, and we'll just give you guys a little bit of a heads up,, uh, but we'll definitely get uh you know keep it with you guys. And Matt and I' we're definitely gonna have a chance hopefully uh, to be able to play some call of duty. The new maps are coming up very, very soon. Take care, everybody. Thanks to everybody, Aditya, Greg, Matt um dominic wang of course uh Ruckami tv mr q hopefully you're doing great as well uh greg uh jeff in there Pe- uh, Petter tech as well as well man uh so many people chemi's in there oh and i i don't want to say i forgot i forgot to put out chemi so hopefully you're good please be uh hopefully don't 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 worry man i didn't forget it uh, el josa's in there as well uh adam is in there as well um shark tech uh dude everybody tech for your needs Oh, my God. So many people. Russ, uh, you know, uh, Rathers Edding. uh, Hopefully I'm saying that correctly. Uh, I even saw uh, Marilyn at the beginning. So and of course, thank you, everybody, for all the super chats. I'll see you next week. Be safe. Bye bye for now.